like I just got to tell her, you know, that was God. That is God working in your life. That is God leading you. Like he led you here. This is not a coincidence. And just got to like share Jesus with her that way. And it was really powerful. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. Our guests share some of their life stories and the point to where Jesus became real to them and how that affected their heart and their outlook on life today. And my guest today has given her life to ministry. She's currently the satellite director with Youth for Christ at a location called The Bridge in downtown Peterborough. Let's welcome Jen Klusterman. Hello. Hey, Jen. Hi. How you doing? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Oh, we're happy to have you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you so much. Jen, I just want to start this episode out with a little, this is something new. Um, oh gosh, every time I do this, I forget, I forget the title. Um, just a little, oh, it's not trivia. Mm. Fun facts. Oh. Fun facts. I like fun. Of the Toddcast. And facts. First of all, thank you so much for bringing me a coffee. Oh, of course. Well, you are only the third guest to bring me a coffee. Can you guess who possibly would have brought me a coffee other than yourself? Oh, okay. Um, have you had Curtis yet? I have had Curtis. Did he? He didn't. Oh, um, somebody that we know that's really sweet and so super nice. Uh, I mean, all the guests are, but. Mm. Okay, give me like multiple choice. I don't know who all your guests were. Oh, oh, an admittance to not listening to the show. I know. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. On my road trip, I will. Uh, someone who went on the streets with us in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Anne Marie. Anne Marie. Yeah, she's great. Anne Marie Covert. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was episode two. For those of you who have not heard, great episode. They're all great, but uh, yeah, Anne Marie was the very first. The very and, first one to bring you a coffee. And I'll just remember that for the rest of my life. And then just oh. the other day, it was Micah. Oh, he's sweet too. Right. Anyways, enough about coffee. <laughs> Jen, uh, wh- whereabouts? Tell me where you where you grew up yeah. originally. Well, I grew up in Mississauga, uh, Ontario. So yeah, I lived, uh, well, actually, well, I was born in Toronto, grew up in Mississauga and I uh, lived there most of my life until I uh, went to university here in Peterborough. And so what was, what was growing up like for you faith wise? Was your family, did they go to church? Were they religious? Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. So we went to uh, a small Presbyterian church when I was a kid. Um, so we went there until, um, I was about 11, 10 or 11 years old. So I had, I had a little bit of background of faith. I have to be, I have to, uh, yeah, really honor my, my mom in that she, uh, that was a part, important part of her life growing up and we did go to church as a family. Um, but kind of faded out kind of around that time, 10 or 11. And to me as a kid, um, going to church was, uh, it, yeah, I didn't really fully understand it. I think I, I believed in God always, but I didn't know what that meant or that you could have a relationship with God. So it was, it was more of like a traditional kind of religious understanding of what church and, and God was all about. And church at the time, did they have like youth things or did you, were you just sort of sitting in the service? Yeah, I was sitting in the service. Um, we had like the hymn book, sit up, sit down in the pew kind of thing. And um, I think I had some VBS experience and I think some like Sunday school type stuff when I was like really little. What, what's what's VBS for people? Vacation Bible School. Okay. Yes. 
Um, and so you said you guys kind of stopped going, like, was that just life getting in the way? Yeah, just life. And I think, um, you know, we complained about it (laughs) and it was just kind of just, I think we were technically in between churches for a few years. Um, but for me, I started getting really curious about my own understanding of faith and God, um, when I was around 13, 14 years old. Um, I just was curious. I wanted to know what I believed. Um, we hadn't been going to church as a family regularly, but my parents were really encouraging us to, um, figure out for ourselves, like what we, what we believed in. And I was really open. I thought, I just want to know who, who God is, what that means. I was very, um, yeah, open to exploring that, I guess. So I started kind of my own journey with that, um, heading into high school and just started praying on my own in my own life. Um, my understanding of God at that time was very like far distant. So I thought of God as like, he's far away, like up in the sky and, um, he wants us to be good. And if we do good, then he'll be good to us. And we do bad, he'll do bad for us. So kind of like karma, I guess is my, how I understood it. And so I would like, I remember like my prayers at that time were like making bargains with God. So I'd be like, okay, okay, God, if I do this and this really good today, like, will you let me go to my friend's house later for a sleepover? (laughs) Like that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, but I, but I was curious and, and really open and, um, started just kind of exploring, I think a little bit on my own at that point. And so this is, this is at the beginning of high school. So then what, where did that lead you? Yeah. So I, um, was looking at other religions too. I was like, maybe it's not Christianity. I was just, again, open, asking questions kind of on my own. Um, I had a friend who is Christian and she brought me to church. Um, like she went to a community church. Um, so we, I went to an art school, so I was there for music and we had to be in a bunch of choirs as part of the program. So I lived really close to the school and she would like sleep over at my house and we would just have all these deep talks, um, about girl stuff and like high school stuff, but then also about God. And I'd ask her all these questions about her faith and and what that was for her. And then she brought me to church a few times. Um, and that was the first place that I heard or the first time I can remember hearing, um, that you could have a relationship with God and that he wanted to have a relationship with us. And I remember the pastor gave a sermon on like the five different words for love in the Bible and agape love being one of them. And it just like blew my mind that that was how God related to us. I, I, hadn't understood that before. I think I, like I said, I understood him as being very distant and kind of looking down on us. So the idea that he wanted to have a relationship with us, and that was actually like the purpose of why he sent Jesus so that we could be reconciled into relationship with him, which those words would have been bigger and more complex than I understood at the time. But what I did understand was this idea of, um, of him desiring that kind of like an intimate connection or relationship. And I, yeah, I really just, that kind of stuck in my heart. And at that time, um, I was also going through stuff. I had a pretty uh, severe eating disorder that developed at that time in high school and, um, and just stuff in my family and, you know, high school things, high school is hard, um, probably harder now, uh, with, with all the stuff that's happened in the last 15 years. But, um, I, yeah, I just remember, um, I was struggling with things. I was struggling within myself. And, um, that idea that he loved me 
um, just was very, it was so simple, but so transformative. And so, um, at that point in my life, I, you know, awkward high school, I started going to church as well by myself, um, because my friend's church was like really far away. Um, and I would just sit at the back and listen. I didn't want anyone to talk to me. (laughs) It was, uh, that's where we sit. That's what we do. I did the same thing. Go in, sit at the back. Yeah. Close to the exit. (laughs) Totally. We had the church I was going to is like in a high school and it was, uh, it was a cool church. They, uh, I think really wanted to be open to people who didn't have a lot of experience with church. And so they had like a coffee break in the middle of the service. Um, so they would come in, we'd do worship and then they'd have a coffee break and people could socialize and then we'd go in and do the sermon. And I was like mortified to talk to anybody. So I would just go and hide in the bathroom during coffee break and then come back in. And one day the pastor came up to talk to me and, uh, he was like, Oh, Hey, I've noticed you've been coming here. And I was so distraught that he had noticed me because I just (laughs) wanted to be so invisible. (laughs) But, um, yeah, anyway, I, that was, I was starting to kind of explore, I guess. And, um, yeah, basically it came down to, I, I wanted to be, I knew that I wanted to be a good person and I wanted to, and I wanted to like do good by God. That was kind of like what led me to, to that. Um, and, uh, I was kind of realizing that my life was, um, messed up. Like I wasn't, I was messing things up and I was like really hurting myself. And with an eating disorder, it's like you kind of are trapped in this prison in your mind is how I think of it now. So when I realized that I was sick in that way, I wanted to get out of it, but I didn't know how. And that was kind of scary because I thought I had control over what I was doing, but I, but I didn't. And so I remember just, um, going home one day and I had this kind of new understanding of who God was, how he wanted to relate to me. And I just went alone in my room one night. I had a little Gideon Bible and, oh yeah, I guess I should say, um, so I started reading the Bible because I wanted to be a good person. That was kind of like what was in my head. Mm. But then as I started reading it, the words were, um, it started convicting me. So I would read passages like, when Jesus says, um, if any of you causes one of these little ones to stumble, it's better for you to have a millstone tied around him and thrown into, into the river. I would read stuff like that and be like, that's me. Like I cause people to stumble. Like I have lied. I've been deceitful. I've like done things that have been hurtful for people. And like the word of God was just convicting me that I'm like all the things that I tried to do in my life to be a good person were not good enough, you know? And that, he knew my heart. He saw my heart and the word of God was, yeah, just speaking to my heart. That's so powerful. It was. Yeah. And so I was reading, reading the word just alone in my room and, and, and those kind of things were happening. And so I had this understanding that I had to, I had to just give my life to him. I needed him to be good and to be free from all this um, stuff that was just going on with me. Um, and so one day I just came home alone in my room at night, I had a little Gideon Bible. I opened it up to the back. They have the little part where there's the sinner's prayer. I just like prayed that to the best of my ability and just like, God, like, I don't know that much about you, but I know that you're good. And I know that I'm, uh, yeah, not doing great. And I just need you. And I want to give my life to you. And I just want to give my heart to you. Like I want to be yours and for you to be mine. And yeah, that was it. It was like simple. 
and nothing crazy happened. I just felt like, okay, I'm glad I did that. Like feel at peace. Um, I think I was 16 at the time and I remember uh, what happened after that. I just like was going about my normal life, going to school. I would pray like throughout the day at school, just like little prayers, like high school girl prayers, like help me with this. And oh, I have a test coming up and my friend's mad at me, like whatever, whatever, that kind of stuff. And um, I just remember basically two weeks later, I was walking home from school and I stopped physically like dead in my tracks because I realized I just had this like realization that God had answered my prayer that day. And it was, that was the moment where it really sunk in for me because I realized I don't even remember what I prayed for. It was something really small, but I just knew that he'd answered me. And at that point I thought the God, like the God of the universe like this is real. Like the God of the universe cared so much about my little high school girl problem that he reached down and he intervened in my life. And that's not like a small thing. That's not a coincidence. And either like I have to respond to this, like either I can pretend that didn't happen and just keep going about life the way that I know how to go about life and do things, or I have to give my whole life to him. And at that point it was like, not even a question. I was like, okay, I've got to, I've got to just figure this thing out. Like, how do I follow Jesus? So, um, like I said, I was going to a little community church at the time. I just like attached myself to the youth pastor, the pastor, like anything that was going on. I went to like five different Bible studies a week and just tried to like absorb everything that I could. Um, later down the road, I got baptized and that was the first time that I felt I think where it moved from me, like having this independent relationship with God to feeling like I joined the church family, like I'd become a part of the body of Christ. It's not baptism isn't like specifically that, but for me, that was like how, how it happened. So yeah. And then just started my journey from there basically. And so what about that eating disorder that you talked about? Did that subside in those moments or what, Hmm. how did that, how'd you get free from that? Yeah. Well, that was definitely a process. It was a journey. I'd say, so at the time that I kind of committed my life to Christ and was like becoming a Christian, um, it was, it was pretty bad. I was kind of like at the peak of like my doctor had sat me down and said, you know, if this gets any worse, you have to, we're going to hospitalize you. So it was like at that point. Mm. And, um, yeah, basically in that journey, things just started slowly turning around Um, it's like a mental health thing, right? So it's, um, uh, yeah, it took, uh, yeah, it was, I'd say within the first year, um, I had gotten a lot better. So I put, put a bunch of weight back on, but also, um, just like my habits had gotten better. My thinking had gotten more clear, um, as I'm like learning to submit myself to God and my thoughts to God. So I still had struggles with it. Um, it probably took about six or seven years before I was totally free from like those thought patterns. Cause they like the residual effects of it were still there, but I'd say it was like a healing journey. Um, but definitely it just began to lift. And over time, as I like kept learning to submit, submit myself to God and like follow Jesus, um, it became less and less in my life as he became more and more. And, um, yeah, definitely there was like a big turning point at, at that time. And you, you obviously would have prayed for that freedom from that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. And it it was the journey of prayer. And I, I can't remember all the different parts of it where I had breakthroughs, but it was journeying with God through prayer and through like, 
yeah, submitting my, my thoughts from him and being transformed by the renewing of my mind. Like those, those were the things that, that brought freedom. Mm -hmm. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Um, I'll just say one more thing about that too, because it is, it is really amazing. I think looking back on it because, um, as a teenage girl, when I was struggling with that, um, they tell you like doctors and like therapists and stuff will tell you that this is, they say, this is not something that you'll ever get free from in your life. This is something you'll struggle with for your whole life. So what we need to teach you to do is how to manage this. So how to manage the eating disorder and how to manage it so that it's not controlling your life. And, um, that, that's kind of like the narrative that they give you. And I think for a lot of people that is true, but, um, having, for me, like having Jesus enter my life at that time and completely lift that from me, um, that, that was a miracle. And it, it just like, it's such an amazing thing that he actually, the power of God is to heal and he heals us completely and he frees us completely from things that otherwise apart from him are like a lifelong condition that can, um, yeah, really control your life. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for adding that in because mm-hmm. there, there is an element of truth to that and with other things, mm-hmm. but God is the great physician and yeah. the Bible talks about freedom for a reason. So yeah. perhaps in the world, that's how it looks, but there can be freedom yeah. for people who might be dealing with that. There is freedom. It's mm-hmm. a great testimony to that. Um, upstairs when we were talking in the green room there, yes, you were the green room. So green. (laughs) So beautiful. Um, you were talking about anyways, take us through the story of how you got into ministry. You were talking about somebody who told you you were going to go into ministry and then what happened and with that. Well, my, my friend, Abby, who, uh, so she like helped lead me to Christ and then helped baptize me. I'll have to send her this after, but, um, yeah, so she, like we were just friends and she was like, Oh, just talking to me about being a missionary. And so I was like, yeah, I should be a missionary. I think I will. And, uh, so in my mind that was just, you know, I was going to go to Africa and be a missionary. That was going to be my life. And, um, so, uh, kind of, kind of coming to the end of high school, I was just starting to like look into different missions organizations and like researching that. And my parents were not a big fan of that. They really wanted me to go to university. They thought, um, they were glad that I was, you know, doing better and kind of having this turnaround in my life. But I think it felt pretty radical in that time because it was a very radical kind of shift. And uh, yeah, so um, I was I was working through that. I was contacting some mission organizations and then um, I, I was going to this Bible study at the time and we were um, we were doing a study on David and Bathsheba. And, um, what led, uh, one of the, like, I just remember this kind of random, but one of the points in it was, um, all of the Kings had gone to war and David stayed behind. And the fact that he had stayed behind and was doing something different, um, or just kind of like not doing what he was supposed to do, I guess, as the King, um, was created the environment by which he fell into sin. And we were just studying that. And I was like, I had been wrestling with this kind of, a little bit of contention, I guess, with my parents around what I was going to do after high school. And, um, just really felt in my heart from God that I needed to honor my parents. That's one of his like big, you know, commandments. And, um, yeah, just through praying about that really felt I needed to, 
um, honor them. And so I, I had a talk with them and, and um, decided then to go to university and then maybe use that as a launching pad to uh, to go into missions from there. So I, I picked a program where I could, uh, so I did international development at Trent. Um, and for me, that was in, in your third year, you can go either to Ghana or Ecuador. It's part of the program to do that. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, I'll go to university for two years and then I'm going to go to Ghana for the, my third year and then I'll just stay. I'll like find a missions organization in Ghana and I'll just stay there and start my life as a, as a missionary. But God had other plans for me. Which obviously wasn't Ghana. <laughs> yeah, well, I did go. I did go for my third year. Um, for, the, for the whole year? You spent a year the there? Full school year, yeah. Wow. So like eight or nine months. And, um, it was, that was a crazy thing. Cause so I came to Peterborough, I started to get involved with some, um, yeah, local, local churches and, and organizations that were doing outreach downtown. So for me, that was, um, the bridge youth center. So youth for Christ, which I never didn't know anything about. Um, and just some like soup kitchens and other outreach stuff that was happening. I really had a heart for the poor and I really wanted to learn how to share Jesus with people and coming up kind of like in my later high school years in the church, I felt like, um, from the time that I was saved, I was so hungry to like know what it looked like and was like to live for Jesus. So I just wanted to like get exposure to outreach and evangelism and ministry. And I wanted to share the gospel, but I, I didn't know how. And I was like really nervous. Like I was like, I just said, I was a girl who like hid in the bathroom at coffee break during church. Cause I didn't want to talk to anyone, like even nice Christian people. Um, I was really shy growing up. I was very, uh, yeah, just kind of more, um, not introverted, but just scared, I guess, of talking to people. And, but, but knowing Jesus like changed my life and I loved him and I wanted other people to know this like crazy thing that I had just discovered. Right. Like I remember, thinking like, why hasn't, why didn't anybody tell me about this? Like when I encountered his freedom and the life that came from him, I was like, why didn't I know this? Like, why didn't people tell me about this? Like so many people go to church. Why didn't I know? Right. And, uh, so I really wanted other people to know, but I was scared, uh, nervous, didn't know how to do it. And, uh, just wanted to learn. So when I came to university and like, I'm in a new city, um, I'd had this like one exposure to church and, and Christianity, but I wanted to kind of like expand my, my vision and, um, just started to get involved in a bunch of stuff. So by the time I got to my third year, I was really already involved in like a lot of ministry stuff in Peterborough and I was starting to fall in love with that. And, um, when I went to Ghana, it was the weirdest experience for me because I love traveling. I love meeting new people. I love like doing, it's just like going and doing things. And the whole time that I was there, I was like so longing to be back in Peterborough. And it was so strange because I felt like my whole life had led up to that point where I was like going to go and serve God overseas. And when I got there, I just couldn't shake this thing of like, I need to be back um, in Canada and I need to be reaching people back home. And it was like really brutal. My heart was like wrecked. And um, I just prayed so much. Um, at the time I'd been part of, we had like a Christian group at the university I was really connected to. And um, they were doing like a church plant at the university. And I was like writing them home, feeling like Paul, like encouraging the church, you know, just being like, God bless you. Like I'm praying for you. But I was so like invested in 
what was happening locally. And I, I wrestled with that for like a few years because I thought like when I got back, um, because I really thought this thing of like being sent into missions was like what I was supposed to do. And, um, when I graduated university, I started, um, working, I actually went on a road trip back then too, also across Canada, <laughs> visited some prayer rooms and it was a really cool experience. But when I came back, I, uh, had an opportunity to start working for Youth for Christ. Um, so I worked for the global their global engagement department. So my job was actually helping send other missionaries overseas at that time and like missions teams and stuff like that. So I was like really wrestling with this thing of like, ah, oh, I feel like called, like I want to be sent into missions. I want to go serve God. But here I am like sending other people and I'm still like here locally, but I feel really called here locally. And how does that all work? And, um, it wasn't until I, uh, I was part of this like pastor's prayer meeting thing, which was really cool. And, um, we got into this conversation about what does it mean to lead a church? Like, what does it mean to be a pastor essentially and to, to serve God through your congregation? And as I was listening to them, these like experienced ministry leaders share about what ministry was to them and, uh, you know, how they approached it, I realized everything that they were saying was exactly what I thought that I would do if I went overseas. Like you enter into a community, you share the gospel, you teach people, you love people, you get involved in the community, you get involved in people's lives, you pray for them, you lift them up. Like all of the things that were involved with doing church locally was like exactly what I had, like I, the idea that I have of what missions looked like in my mind And so it's such a funny thing, but it just like clicked with me all of a sudden where I thought, oh, like you can be sent anywhere. Like you can be sent to your home community. You can be sent to Canada. You can be sent to your like to your own home. Even like this is not being sent to serve God is not it doesn't have to be in an exotic location. It can be here. Right. And so that just really like shifted for me. And I. I think then became at peace of like, okay, I can actually just fully embrace this thing to like just serve God locally in my community. And yeah, so that, that was the shift for me. Yeah. Which is what you've been doing for the last 10 years. Ten you had said years. Yes. 10 I years. Started working full time with youth for Christ in this global engagement role in 2012. So it's 2022 and, uh, switched over, um, about three years into it to the local, work. So I've been with the local chapter in Peterborough for about seven years. That's great. And so Jen, I've, uh, this just come to me cause I've seen, you had talked about having a heart for the poor, mm-hmm. but you also have a heart for the women and the girls that work on the streets of Peterborough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've, I've witnessed you down there when we're, I've been down there with you doing whatever, you know, with, with a group or whatever. And you, either see somebody walk by or somebody comes to the door and you've, I've, I've watched you just drop everything and go and be with that person. And, uh, it's so noticeable how you have Jesus's eye for these, these ladies. Can you talk about that? Is that because of just being in the area where the bridge is and that exposure or, or what, what's drawn your heart to them? And can you share a story maybe of a conversation you've had with somebody? Right. Well, yeah, so our youth center, so we have a drop-in center located right downtown Peterborough, and 
it's really it was really just God's location. I wasn't around when they bought that building, but um, the story of it is amazing. If you ever have Tim on Tim Coles, you should get him to share it. But um, yeah, our youth center is like right downtown Peterborough, and the strip of road right outside is um, where a lot of prostitution happens. And um, so we have our offices in there and also the youth center there. And the building is kind of like a fishbowl, like it's all windows. So you can see everything that's happening on the street. And especially during COVID, it's just gotten really intense. Um, Yeah, people are struggling uh, in our city right now. But um, yeah, so we, you know, we're there. I'm there all the time. And I live and work downtown and you just build relationships with people. And um it was interesting when we started doing uh, some outreach with the with the girls um, that are working on Bethune Street. Um, it was very it was very much a God thing. We just started praying um, because at first, like they, there was this, definitely a separation. Like, it can be really intimidating to walk into a building, um, just walking through a building, and you know people experience with this with church all the time too, right? Like just to walk in the door is like intimidating right so well especially yeah for sure especially when they're uh, walking around by themselves well, and we'd have we'd and, have a group of 10 or 12 people in a in there mm-hmm. yeah and you're like um and they're working right and uh so uh we just started praying we really wanted to try to connect with with the women because i like walk by them on my way into work all the time and um yeah you just have a heart like what can we do so we started praying and um the first time it was actually brenda kennedy was our um like our front door, uh, kind of like administrative assistant. And, um, she, she made the first connection and, and just invited one of the women into, to have a, a coffee or a tea. And, um, that's what started it. So we, we would just like invite the girls in to pray together, to have a tea, to just talk. And now uh, we had a little like coffee table, um, kind of in our staff kitchen and we just start building relationships that way. And so it just started with like a handful of the girls. And then over time, um, I think they talked to each other. And as um, it just became known that we were kind of like a safe place. Um, so people will come in during the day now and we'll just talk with them, sit, have a coffee, pray with them. And um, I think Jesus always stops for the one, right? That's, that's how he lived. Um, he saw people. And I think it's really challenged us in a lot of ways because um, sometimes it can be really intense, especially if, if someone's tripping or um, they're on a high or just they're not presenting uh, well. But um, yeah, we've really seen God move just through love, like simple love and relationship and, and prayer with uh, with some of those women and, and others that have come in off the streets. Yeah. Um, is, is without obviously saying too much and disclosure and privacy and all that, is mm-hmm. there, is there something that comes to your heart right away of, of something of, of a girl that mm. would have had an encounter or really got touched? Yeah. Well, like there's been a few, but the one that's just, um, in my mind right now is actually a girl who, um, I heard passed away during COVID, which really, really sad. There's been a lot of like, um, deaths, um, our, our community, I think people who are, living in the downtown um, or, or in connected to that community are really feeling a lot of grief right now. But um, but it's sticking in my mind because um, of, like, I'm just thankful that Jesus met her in, in at least a brief time. So she came in probably like 2018 when I first connected with her, maybe 2019. Um, but 
the first time I met her, she came bursting through the door in hysterics, just completely like hysteria, very upset. And, um, I was there and just got to like, kind of take her into another room. Um, and I'll just call her Jay, but, um, we just sat down and started talking and was able to kind of calm her down and, um, yeah, we just like started having a conversation and I asked her like after some time, um, and I, I, so I got to, in that first conversation, I got to share Jesus with her. I got to, um, pray with her. I got to like, just kind of connect with her where she was at. And then at the end of the conversation, I asked her like, why did you come, why did you come in here today? Like, why did you, like, I've never met you before. Like, how did you know to come here? And this is before we even had Jesus graffitied on the side of our building. But, um, yeah, she said, uh, I don't know why I came. I've heard before that this is a safe place and that you guys like will pray with us and stuff. But she said, I heard, I knew it was a safe place, but I've never wanted to come. Um, but something came on me today where I just, I was having a really bad day and I just knew I needed to come here. And mm. she just marched through the door and that was our first interaction. And, um, I, I like, I just got to tell her, you know, that was God, that is God working in your life. That is God leading you. Like he led you here. This is not a coincidence and just got to like share Jesus with her that way. And it was really powerful, um, just to hear that and to know, um, that he, you know, we don't always know what our lives and when we make ourselves available to God, we don't know how other people are perceiving that and what they're seeing and what they're understanding from that. But just, she knew that she could come that this was a place where she would meet Jesus and, and she came and, and we were able to have that interaction. And then we, we had a relationship for the next uh, couple of years. Um, and, uh, we, yeah, just talked a lot about God would pray together a lot. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately she, as far as I understand is now no longer with us, but, um, but I really believe that God met her in those, in those moments. Mm. Mm-hmm. So much going on in that city. I, yeah, yeah. It's intense right now. The, yeah, it's been, I think COVID has had like a disproportionate effect, um, impact on the poor and the marginalized and, um, housing is a really big issue, like, uh, housing insecurity, homelessness. Um, it's just completely off the charts right now. I've never, I've never encountered, um, the system being so overloaded and, uh, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of hurting people. Foods, food so expensive. Food, all yeah, that. yeah, living costs. But no better time to be a Christian, hey? Amen. <laughs> yes, see the Lord break out. Uh, so, what's what's in store for you next mm-hmm. with YFC, and what's what's uh, well, we know what the next three months look like. Yeah. Um, but what's what's in store for you next, or what are you hoping for down there? Well, I yeah, so. I mean, we've been pursuing a vision. I think when I first came on in the director role, um, one of the first things I was seeing was uh, people were coming to us. Uh, so we have a youth center. We have um, like drop-in programs and youth programs. And our what, what we try to do is kind of like uh, create a space for, for young people to um, encounter the love of God and to, to know and follow Jesus. Most of the, like the youth at our center would not identify as Christians. So it's like very much an outreach and just coming alongside and loving them and, and telling them about God. If they're, we kind of view ourselves as like that chaplaincy type environment for, for the downtown. Um, but like some amazing things have happened. I can share a little bit more, but like even over the last two years, but when I first came on in the, this, uh, director role, um, I think what I was, what we were seeing was that there were 
a lot of like young Christian people that were coming to us to volunteer um, because they wanted to learn and to grow in how to share the gospel and how to live out their faith. Right. And at the time, uh, like we have a really good volunteer training, but the like actual like equipping people to share their faith part of it is like pretty small. And then like mainly we're just like, okay, we'll drop you in a program and you just figure it out, like learn by example, learn by living it, which is like really a really great way to learn, of course. But uh, just really seeing this hunger in, in young people to want to learn to grow in their faith and share Jesus. So I thought, yeah, I feel like we really need to facilitate this better <laughs> and more. So um, that was back, you know, six or seven years ago. Um, so we just started praying about that. And that was when um, kind of at the beginning of Disciple of City, uh, when that was all launched, because, yeah, I just had this like vision of, OK, how do we train and equip our volunteers more for evangelism and outreach? And um, Adam Shepsky was working with Youth for Christ at the time. So we knew knew each other well and had I had this like sticky note on my desk to like call Adam about doing like evangelism training and outreach with our with our people. And, uh, but he had just started a new role with Youth for Christ. So I was like, oh, he's busy. I'll call him another time. But then he called me and was like, Jen, I don't know if this is in your vision at all, but I like really have a heart to come and train and equip young people in Peterborough for evangelism and outreach. And I said, I'm like looking at this sticky note being like, yeah, it's definitely in my vision. You should come. (laughs) So we like had a little meeting, um, with a few of us and just talked about doing kind of, um, yeah, the outreach, uh, an outreach time where we took some of the volunteers out to to share the gospel um, outside of a program time, right? Like on the streets and had our fall kickoff party that year. And like after the fall kickoff party, a bunch of them went out and did uh, evangelism and it was awesome. And um, they came back and everyone was super fired up and they were like, okay, we're going to do this every week now. And um, that was like the beginning of Disciple of City. So we just had this like weekly evangelism time happening out of the bridge. And then Haddon was like, we should do uh, like a bigger training. Um, So we did our first uncovered event we called at the time, which was like evangelism equipping and training and 200 people showed up to the first one. I was like, where do all these people come from? Um, But yeah, so we just started, and then we did praise nights, and a bunch of other things happened, and then Disciple City obviously launched into its own ministry a few years ago. But um, that vision of like seeing young people equipped for the work of ministry has like really grown, and so we, so on top of kind of like our outreach youth programs, now we also kind of have, um, and very much in partnership with Disciple City, um, we do have a, uh, kind of this training equipping stream. So. We've done a couple of uh, discipleship schools now for young, young adults. And like just last weekend, we did our first ever um, mission and identity kind of like equipping conference for youth. And we had uh, 15 or 20. Um, oh, just uh, honestly, just telling my story right now, I'm like having a moment because it really blessed my heart. So like 14 to 16 year old kids coming and they were getting all this like really amazing training, um, learning about their identity in Christ, um, encountering the love of God, like intimacy with God. So like what I shared with you of like that he actually desires to have a relationship with us um, and then equipping them to go out and share Jesus on the streets and, and in their schools and like in their lives. And 
and just worship. And it was so beautiful because I was thinking about myself, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, coming into university, having this hunger to like know what it looked like to live out my faith and just having very few examples of that. And not to say anything negative about, you know, my leaders and mentors at the time, but it just in, in that environment, it wasn't a common thing for people to just be like living out like in their everyday life, um, all the time, just their faith fully. Right. It's like, you go to church, you go home, you go to Bible study, you go home, you go to special aid. Like that's kind of how, how it rolls. Right. And, um, I just had this vision of like, um, you know, young people and, and all people who are Christians, but, you know, I was thinking about, cause I had this experience a lot of times as a, in my early days, um, of you're like out with your Christian friends, like at a movie theater or something like that. And you just get this like thing in your heart from the Holy spirit. Like somebody walks by you and you're like, Oh, I should go talk to that person. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to go pray with that person. But then you start to feel really like self-conscious and awkward. And you're like, Oh, um, I don't know. Do we really do this? Even though I'm with all Christian people, it's like, do we really do that? Maybe my friends will think I'm weird or it will be uncomfortable or, you know, you just get scared and or nervous or whatever. And I just had this vision of like, what, like how amazing would it be if it was just like normal? Like it was part of our culture that when that happens, you know, you're out in public or you go out for dinner with friends and you see that person and you're like, I know that I'm supposed to go pray with them. And you like tap your buddy on the shoulder and you're like, Hey man, let's go, let's go get like, talk to this guy. And he's like fired up to do it. Like that vision of like, yeah, just young people being equipped to live out their faith and being like equipped to do it, being like having a vision to do it. And so even just this last weekend, having our first kind of conference where, you know, 14 to 16 year old kids, like that's how old I was when I came to Jesus the first time. And they're getting like this really amazing um, examples, testimonies, equipping, um, to learn what it is to live their faith like that, that was so beautiful to me. So I'm hoping we can do more of that kind of thing, um, as well as kind of like expanding our, our vision with, the, with, uh, outreach and yeah, with the, with the meeting our city where it's at. Um, I think as I was saying, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of poverty and like difficult, uh, homelessness is a huge issue in Peterborough right now. So it's really praying through, um, what next steps are for our organization and, and kind of meeting some of those challenges. And um, yeah, we'll see what God wants to do, I guess. There's so much stuff to do yeah. in Peterborough and everywhere yeah. for sure. Jen, thanks for coming today. We're, we're starting to run out of time here on the show, but I uh, really appreciate you stopping by and you kind of, I just had this thought come to me and you kind of already partially answer this question and what you just said about your hopes for mm -hmm. the future of YFC and your involvement downtown of Peterborough. But during your story, you talked about how you were attending a church mm. and, and nobody shared with you. Why didn't anybody who was at the church share with you? So you're leaving, you're going on vacation, you're going to see some family. So a, a question for you, if you just before you leave on this vacation, mm -hmm. if you encounter somebody, whether it's a youth or a, or a young adult or an adult or whatever, who has just come to faith, mm. uh, keeping in mind that nobody had shared with you while you were t attending church, what what would you say to them to encourage them to? Yeah. Oh, that's a cool question. Um, I think, well, 
I, I think testimony is a really powerful thing. So being able to share our testimonies and, um, again, just that reality that God is real, um, is a, is a really amazing thing. I always say testimony is anything God has done. So it's not just your story of how you came to Jesus. Like I had a friend come to my house this morning with a coffee and she, she said, I have a testimony. Like God put it on my heart to bring you a coffee. I couldn't get here in time, but then someone offered me a ride and they were led by God to do that. So God brought you this coffee and that was a testimony, right? But a testimony is like anything God has done or does in the world. Um, like, especially the small things, so powerful. But, um, the other thing that's just been really resonating in my heart is, um, I think one thing that we are, are, are this generation and, and what uh, I think we're, a lot of people are struggling with is, um, this concept of identity, like who am I in this world and what is my purpose? And, um, something it's so simple, but it's just been resonating in my heart so deeply, um, is just to tell people and especially young people that, um, that you were created on purpose by God and you were created for a purpose. So you're created on purpose and for a purpose. And when we become a part of the family of God and when we give our lives to Jesus, we become a part of his mission for the world. And so our lives, um, have great purpose and great intent, um, from our creator to be come a part of what he is doing in the world and and just to try to pray for them and encourage them in that is uh, I think kind of what I do that's beautiful thanks for sharing that Jen thanks Todd and thanks for thanks for coming today thank you for inviting me I'm excited this is my last day in Peterborough before I head off on my trip so I'm really blessed to get to spend it on the podcast yeah thank you so much again thank and you. enjoy your trip thank you so much friends i hope you enjoyed the episode with jen today it's a lot of powerful stuff in there first encountering god and hiding in the restroom being afraid to talk to people reading the bible reading the word and having those words change what she thought about church and god and jesus stopped for the one he leaves the 99 for the one. Most of the time when we listen to podcasts, we're listening to them by ourselves. So if you're listening to this right now, you're the one. You're the one that he's looking for. You're the one that he's stopping for. He set Jen free, showed her her identity and gave her a purpose. He wants to do the same for you, my friends. You are the one. Be blessed, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.